You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Pure Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Adobe Radio. I am your host with the most, Dewey, and coming at you another week with some great content. Uh, fantastic guest this week, Mr. Zachary Scott Carruthers from Portugal the Man, uh, or Zach as I call him, Zizzle, whatever you want to call him. He's a man of a thousand nicknames. He's got them all. So he is uh, one of my best friends, and we have known each other since middle school. He was actually, uh, I say it in the episode, but he was actually the first live music I ever saw was Zach and his band, The Dependable Let Downs, playing at a skate park benefit at a railroad center, I think it was, or some kind of railroad stop that they converted into like a historical place in Palmer, Alaska, um, which inspired me to start actually playing live. Um, And so we started a band called Nice Guy Eddie with my buddies uh, Joe and Nick, also from Anatomy of a Ghost. Um, And that kind of kicked everything off. Uh, for us at that point was uh, seeing Zach and and uh, he was you know a year older so um, seeing him playing live really made things happen for us so um, we get into it a lot on the episode uh, as far as you know coming up in Alaska and everything else Uh, but Zach like I say is one of my best friends Uh, he's now in Portugal the man has been since the beginning since they were eating rice at truck stops uh, in a minivan touring uh, after Anatomy of a Ghost came to an end uh, and we parted ways. Uh, I got back together with Portugal the Man for a few years there, touring as a touring guitarist, uh, and being back with them was was a blast. But those guys really know what they're doing and and uh, are really doing great things. And Zach is one of the most amazing people I've ever known. Um, he's always Zach, as we say. So he is whether anyone's upset, anyone's sad, you know, the whole mood's down. Zach is just Zach. He's just a happy-go-lucky guy. He's always been that way, um, and it's a really admirable thing. I mean, he really holds groups together i think that's why he stays around so long is because everyone wants him around because he's a great person so um this episode was supposed to be one of the first episodes again uh, it was supposed to be john gorley number one zach number two uh but now it's <laughs> it's uh, been stretched out with all sorts of issues but uh as far as getting our timing right but uh zach is now episode 20 
uh, here on Adobe Radio and stoked to have him. And, and uh, you know, it came out just as good as I thought. And, and just a conversation between two buddies that you guys get to listen in on. Um, Zach talks a lot about photography and a lot of his passions and, uh, you know, where they are now uh, versus where they were then. And, and uh, I think you guys are really going to get a lot out of this episode and really enjoy it. Um, so Zach and I uh, haven't toured together in a while since 2007, um, you know, and we talk here and there. But at the same time, it's one of those friendships where some time can go by and you get on the phone and it, or see each other and it's the exact same as it was. And that's something I really cherish. You know, I have a few friends that are that way uh, all band guys but uh that you know we don't see each other every week uh but when we do it's like no time has passed at all and uh really appreciate having those kind of friendships uh we talk a little bit about the women's march uh that he was at this was a few weeks back um but it was very important and and a huge event and a lot of people were there i know in portland here we had over a hundred thousand people come out and support this and uh including my wife and my two daughters and and i've talked about it before on the podcast uh, and the radio show, but um, really proud of them and, and proud of everyone for speaking out and, and saying how they feel. I know things are crazy right now, and I don't like to get into a lot of that stuff on my show. Um, I like to keep this as a place people can come and, and kind of be a fly on the wall in conversations between two people and, and uh, maybe escape for a little while of the shit that's going on, uh, it, you know, shit in your life that's going on or going wrong. Or, uh, you know, I, I like to be that escape for people because this is kind of a uh, creative escape for me as well, uh, to be able to put this content out for you. And I really take it seriously and I really try hard to put out the best I can for you guys. And so that's why your feedback is so important to me. And I love to hear that and, and see that, um, that feedback. So we are on purepleasurepodcast.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, definitely if you subscribe on iTunes, go into that iTunes and put a five-star review in there. Uh, if you like the show, if you don't put a one star, that's fine. But reviewing the show really helps us in chart position and everything else. So if you get a chance, head over to iTunes, review the show. If you like it, give it a five star. Uh, like I said, if you don't, that, you put whatever you feel is honest. I, I like the honest feedback. Feel free to send me an email uh, at uh, peerpleasurepod at gmail.com. Uh, but without further ado, I really want to get into this episode with Zachary Scott Carruthers from Portugal, the man. And here it is now. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I don't, yeah, I just saw I had a missed call, but I was sitting right in front of me. I didn't hear it. That's weird. That's really but weird. I did just set this up, so I'm not sure. On the iPad, trying to Skype on the iPad. Oh, nice. Okay. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you just fine. You hear me all right? Oh, yeah. You sound wonderful. Oh, you do too. <laughs> <laughs> what are you up to, man? Ah, just hanging out at my house. Uh, um, Uncle Party's in town, and he is crashing on my couch. Okay. Are, I just talked him into buying a very expensive camera, and so we are 
Um, we've been just nerding out. We got a bunch of tripods and stuff set up. We've just like taken cameras apart and just doing some general nerding on old like sixties and seventies cameras around here. Okay. Just up around town. Are you doing stuff in, in, uh, in the house or what are you, what are you taking pictures of each other? (laughs) There's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of marches and protests lately. We've been out on the streets doing our part, marching and, uh, and taking pictures of that to share with everyone in the world. And, uh, and so, yeah, he's just, I basically got him onto a new style of camera. And so I'm just teaching him the ropes on that. And he's getting the hang of it. Nice. Yeah, most, mostly stuff around town. Yeah. Just hanging out at the house right now. Waiting okay. for Kyle to get back with coffee. And uh, probably going to go hit, go hit the warehouse in a little bit, do some practicing. Okay. I was going to ask you about that march. I, I know uh, Dion and, and uh, Cora and Callie went down there yesterday. I dropped them off downtown nice. to uh, participate, and it got pretty insane as far as um, how many people showed up. And, you know, there's this old couple, I guess. They they left a little bit early. Um, it seemed like no one really knew what was going on or where it was starting, and it was just kind of chaos. And, and uh, Dion had Cora on her back, and uh, this old couple started shoving through the crowd saying, we got a kid, we need to get out of here. We got a kid, we need to get out of here. And there was no kid. And they shoved right into Cora, and Cora started freaking out, I guess. So uh, Dion's like, yeah, we're we're done. So, yeah, it, it didn't get to, it was all pretty good. But yeah, it was a little bit of chaos just because nobody knew where everything was going. Walking across the bridges, there was a lot of uh, you know bottlenecks and stuff like that. But once people started moving, it was all totally chill. Yeah, it was a bunch of kids, tons of people. It was very impressive. Yeah. I was, it was it was a good thing to be a part of, and just checking out the pictures from around the world, so many people came out. It was, it was pretty nuts. Yeah, I saw. I started seeing pictures pop up on Instagram and everywhere, and and uh, my buddy Mike in in DC from Jabberjaw. I was texting him the day before because he was at his office. I was like, "Dude, what is going on?" It was inauguration day, and he's like, "Man, I haven't even really." been paying attention to what's going on when i turn on the news it turns out they're tear gassing people like his office i think is pretty close um in dc there and and uh said things were getting kind of nuts so it was nice to see some peaceful stuff break out and some positivity you know for sure as far as i know there's absolutely no it's like one of the biggest uh turnouts that portland's ever had for anything yeah. and 100 peaceful yesterday nothing nobody got messed up i don't think anybody got arrested good stuff yeah are you guys going to do, I, I, I figured I would see something that you guys were going to play or something for one of these events. I wasn't sure if that was on your guys' radar, but I, I had a, a feeling I might see something like that or like, uh, uh, like a secret show or, or something like that in town. I didn't know if you guys were, were you know, working on something like that. But uh, We tried to do things a while ago, but the, uh, the timing just didn't work out. We were either gone or uh, just like benefit shows and stuff like that. No, yeah. we were just... We wanted to get out there. A lot of times we do that kind of shit, but we just kind of wanted to get out there uh, with everybody. And uh, it's cute. Francis came along. Uh-huh. Holding the... It was uh, it was pretty adorable. <laughs> was she holding the destroy fascist sign? Yeah, for oh, a little that's bit. Fantastic. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, she didn't march a whole lot. She rode. Okay. She was kicked most of the way, but hey, she's five. She'll yeah. figure it out. She will. <laughs> She will. She's got a good platform and and uh, good parents, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So you go from uh, Uncle Zach, uh, from a friend standpoint, to actual Uncle Zach, I'm uh, a, as you are a new uncle. Congratulations! Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Did you get to uh, spend much time with her yet? 
Yeah, definitely. I got I went up um, the day after she was born, and then I hung out for uh, roughly a week. I've been back a couple times, mm-hmm. and luckily they just live up in Bellingham, so it's it's kind of far away. It's it's far enough away to escape, but uh, not far away. It's 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 close enough to where I can choose how to get there, depending on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Flying train or or just take the car up. But uh, honestly, the train ride is amazing. I just have a thing for trains lately, and I've been using that excuse to hop on that any chance I can get. Sure. Well, you can take a lot of pictures, too, and and, uh, I was thinking about it today. We actually, uh, while they were marching yesterday, took Grayson down to uh, the the Heritage Museum for the trains by by OMSI in Portland, and he was so enamored with them and excited he was doing I, I post pictures on facebook people see those but it looks like he's screaming but he's yeah. not there's no sound coming out he's grabbing his chest and just going like ah, like that i had to literally pick him up like a statue and move him from train to train and just set him in front of it and let him just spaz out <laughs> it was that crazy and, and i was thinking we were down there i took a picture of him on some train tracks and stuff and uh thinking of all the opportunities you just hopped on a train those people that hop trains for you know oh, yeah to get around the country just jumping on there the amount of pictures and things you'd see oh uh, yeah it's would be intense but for those listeners listening that, that know zach or or follow zach on online you'll always see him with a camera around his neck and that's well, I was also going to ask you about how that's been going, how you've been progressing with photography, because um, you have some pretty cool access to things as far as the music business um, and different places around the world that you're, I mean, you're constantly somewhere else. Um, yeah. And, and you've kept that up for a long time. Like, I've known you since middle school, and things come in and out of our lives, and, and uh, you know, not I don't want to say fads, but like things we're into come in and out. But it seems like for the longest time, you've really been taking to photography and like sticking with photography uh, and kind of documenting everything. Has that been the case? Totally. I've always been into it. I just kind of, uh, it's just pretty much a a journal for me. Uh And to remember, luckily, I don't know how, but I somehow have a pretty good memory. No idea why. But it's, uh, but I still, uh, my early years, I just kind of didn't think I was going to. So I've Uh just been taking pictures the whole time and it's not even i'm still trying to figure out what to do with them because right now i don't do much i stockpile i've got filing cabinets full of prints and i uh you know but i and i only i you know i post very very little of what i take and yeah spend a lot of money doing it but it's just it's one of the few things that kind of uh that just makes me happy that i can pretty much do anywhere and yeah, I figured just with the, the, I mean, you know about it, like the, when we were first starting out, we just got to go to places that we, uh, not necessarily we never thought we'd be able to go, but didn't think we could afford it for a while. But when you're going for work and you're going to play shows, you just have this opportunity. So I just kind of took advantage and started shooting all of it. That's awesome, dude. Cause we, I mean, I, we, yeah, we've been to some crazy places and you've been to a lot more crazy places now in in the years past, but. I mean, I remember we we all took a piss in Niagara Falls in the middle of the night. Like, I mean, all sorts of stuff. Waking up in the van, looking at the giant, actual Green Giant. Uh, I don't remember where that's at. Apologies to Green Giant, but um, you know, just random things like that we run into. And and uh, I never took pictures of any of it. Well, don't worry, I got you, bro. But I got you. 
<laughs> I got a filing cabinet for you. You can come pick up with, okay. a, yeah, with a flatbed. So you're printing. So you're printing off. Uh, and, and a lot of your cameras are older cameras. Do you do yeah. digital at all, or is it all prints? Not, not really anymore. Um, okay. And that all started off. It's not because I'm snobby or whatever. Kind of the opposite. I started. I've got some pretty nice digital cameras, but when you're starting with that, that stuff just gets crazy expensive and. What happened was I was on tour and I always brought a film camera, but I only take a couple rolls a year for a while. And uh, I was on tour and my digital broke and I didn't have any money to fix it. So I just kind of, I'm like, well, I could just buy some film for this thing. And I started doing that. And then I realized that there's something about just the chemical process or something like actually making an image that I just fell in love with. I realized when I got back, you know, I'd take, I'd take 300 pictures on my digital and I'd really love three or four of them. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, started getting rolls back of film and 30, 36 images a roll. And I would love 33 out of 36 of them, even if they're not good. I just, I just, it made me, made me happy. And so I just started doing that and it's become a very expensive habit, but I spend about as much as on film and processing a month as I do on rent. But it's a. Uh, but hey, it's one of the things. You know, I don't. Uh, uh, I don't got a lot. I don't. I don't. I don't have children yet. I don't have a house of my own. And this is just one of the things that I like. It's it's a healthy way to waste money. And you know me, I love wasting money, and it's good to do it in a healthy way. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> That's one thing I know very well. And. <laughs> Well, the cool thing is you're, I mean, you're documenting everything. And I know I always see these, I don't, I've never met this McClay Harriet guy, but, um, oh, yeah. You'd do, love do you have like a, is he a touring photographer that comes along and hangs out and just takes pictures? Yes. Okay. He, does, he doesn't tour. Uh, he, he does a lot of, uh, things for festivals, especially he's Australian. So he does all the big festivals down there okay. and then a bunch of commercial work is to, uh, too, and works for labels and such. He doesn't, uh, travel with a ton of bands. We're one of the the few few. He's, he's toured with a few, but um, but I think that's where you really get the magic. And he's just a uh, he's one of those guys where you know you just feel very very comfortable around him. We we happen to have very talented people, and so if he's ever in a room, it's just he's one of the guys that they'll let through. And that's kind of the main thing with being uh, a rock and roll photographer or. Or anybody like that. It's just there's a lot of people with cameras, but just some people you don't want to let into the back where where most people would say, "Hey, no pictures." Yeah, McClay's one of those guys. Like, oh no, he can take pictures of anything. Yeah, and since we're very open about all that stuff. You know, we tell him no matter how much I don't care if somebody gets in a fight, if somebody's bleeding, if somebody's crying, if somebody's naked, whatever. We just we just tell him to shoot the shit out of that. We want all of it. Yeah. Thing that's so honest, like particularly, I can't remember who shot it, but there's a there's a picture of Kurt Cobain crying after a show, just his head in his hands, he's just bawling, and somebody just snapped a shot right in his face, and the balls that that takes, and how cool it was that I have seen it. It just I can stare at that picture forever, man. It's nuts. It's just you can you can see the the honesty. Yeah, uh, and vulnerability, which I mean, and he was a pretty vulnerable guy. I'm pretty open about it, sure. but to see it, something that no one else sees, you know, yeah. it wasn't like a, hey, we're going to allow People Magazine into our home to shoot pictures of what nobody sees. It's still made up, and oh, yeah. uh, 
that's real. Yeah. And they're not, and that picture was valuable to a lot of people. It was, it's not like the, Hey, there's Britney Spears pussy. Let's take a picture real quick. You know, get out of a car. It was something, you know, real that actually meant something to the world. (laughs) You know, I wish there was some way they could, you know, put something on, I guess it's all it's all relative as far as what means something to somebody. But if there was a way to just allow cameras to know if something was legitimate or not, to even snap a picture, yeah. like like blowing in a uh, uh, one of those things where you get a DUI, you got to blow in it to start your car. Yeah. Like, absolutely. are you full of shit? Nope. All right, you can take pictures today. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's that goes right along with censorship, which I also don't believe in. But um, so. Um. Oh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the you guys have been working on the record. I had Johnny on the show and the whole the whole and I talked talked about this on his episode, but the whole idea was to have Johnny and you be the first two guests on the podcast. And now yeah, you know we're finally getting to it. Yeah, half a year later. And we had it scheduled like three different times and the the time my van door fell off, I've talked about that on the show. But I was stuck <laughs> in Seattle trying to get back and I was like, dude, I'm not gonna make it back. And finally getting, you know, with all the traveling and everything, getting it together. But um you've had a really long writing and recording process for this new record, um, for the new Portugal, the man record. And I kind of wanted to get your take on it a little bit. I got a lot of Johnny's take on it and you and I have had some conversations in the van and stuff. Um, when we were listening to it, cause you're who I listened to it with, but, yeah. uh, I want to know kind of your feelings on it. Um, recording with danger mouse, recording with Mike D recording, uh, you know, in multiple locations. Um, how'd that kind of go for you? What was, what was your experience there? Uh, it was hectic. It was it was amazing. We got to work with so many people in so many different places. Um, we've definitely taken a lot longer than we have before, but I really think it's a good thing. I know our, our fans are a little pissed off at us at the moment because normally we put things out a lot quicker, mm-hmm. but we just couldn't really stop writing. Mm-hmm. Anytime we almost got done with a song, John would come up with a new idea or somebody would just bring up something new and we'd start something new. We're like, ah, yeah, I mean, you know how it is. Like, whatever is new is better. Yeah. And so we just kept on doing that and we just have so many songs. And then just trying to choose from which songs we're going to do, we'd start going in with another producer and we're kind of thinking, oh, maybe this guy might be the, the, the vibe for it. And then maybe the stuff that we were working on before doesn't quite fit up. Cause it's not just about song to song and you know a a lot of people that don't that haven't made a record don't totally understand that it's it's definitely not just 10 songs they have to work together to make a whole and that may be a you know move point for a lot of people because of how singles work how streaming works Mm -hmm. how the attention span of the youth today works but we still want to make albums we want it to make sense through and through, and I'm guilty of that. I, I I don't listen to full albums as much as I should when I'm not at home. I, we we do a pretty good job of it when we're at home. We got uh, we we play vinyl in the morning, and we 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 have a whole we have a whole system here in my house. Mm-hmm. But it is still important to me to keep that going on, and so we just kind of. We, we we have a we have a tendency to overthink things, but it never hurts. And no matter what, whether it, it takes takes more time, it does. I think it will come out in the final product. 
mm-hmm. and just the experience and, that we've been through working on this, the places that we've been, the people we've worked with have just really been amazing. I think we've learned a lot from it. And that's probably the most valuable thing to me. Because okay. we're pretty selfish about recording, you know? Yeah. We, we're very tight with our fans. We are close and we, we go play shows, but we'll do anything for them, talk to them all night, hang out. But when you got to be, when you're just writing music, you got to be a little bit selfish. You got to do it for yourself mm-hmm. and hope that people listen to it. When you start writing for other people or in a certain way, it just won't, it won't come off real. And, and that's what we try to do. It seems like a kind of a, um, a tough love kind of thing where <clears throat> you guys, you know, and, and being so close with you guys and, and being involved, uh, you know, since we started playing music pretty much from the beginning, right. How you say that writing for yourselves, when you do that, you're in turn giving the fans what they want, like regardless of what they think they want, they want an honest representation of where you are. Just like a picture, like that record's a snapshot of where you were during that writing process. You know, like censored colors is a snapshot way different than, than waiter, you know, or, um, you know, and you're giving that to them, but at the same time you have to kind of shove them away to do that. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's kind of what that comes across as is is like tough love with the fans on one aspect because you guys are so open with everybody you know and you're the exact same people is is what's so cool to me you know I think that's why I'm so shocked when I see things that get so huge because you're not the you're not the kind of people that you would assume get to that level you're I mean 100 percent salt of the earth real people. And exactly the same. And that's, that's, uh, I think that's why I get, you know, I'll see something in a magazine. I'm like, holy shit, really? That's amazing. You know, because it's not like, oh, well, there's Zach again on, on this magazine or whatever. It's, it's like, I'm genuinely like excited. Cause like, man, this is great. Well, and, you know, you, looking at interviews and then seeing, I mean, the other, a couple months back, you know, you guys are all over the world doing all this awesome stuff and, and which is so amazing to see. But then, you know, I bring the kids over to Johnny's house and we're picking up bags of pears out of the yard, uh, you know, jumping on a trampoline, talking about whatever bullshit, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, but at the same time, to other people, you guys are I mean, if someone else, you know, a fan walked into John's house would be like, oh, my God, I'm in John Gorley's house, you know, or I'm in Zach's house. You know, you guys would be exactly the same. You'd be picking up pears talking about whatever, you know, do you want a LaCroix? Do you, you know, yeah. like, uh, that's something that's really cool. Cause you see people change a lot. I'm sure you guys probably have, uh, seen people oh, change, sure. but you know, uh, that's one thing, you know, the guys like, like Nick and Joe, when I were playing or watching football the other day and, and, you know, something comes up and, and, uh, it's exactly the same, you know? Yeah, for sure. And so, um, you know, the record's done now, right? It's, it's done. Yeah, Atlantic's much. happy. Everyone's happy. Yeah. And when yeah. is it going to come out? Do you know? Uh, not totally sure yet. Okay. Semi soon. We can't officially say a release date yet. Sure. For legal reasons and uh, strat- <laughs> strategy, for strategy's sake, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it, it it will be soon, and we'll be out a ton this summer, um, which 
we haven't quite announced yet either, but we will be we will be doing that soon. A lot of stuff's coming coming out very very quick, but uh, but yeah, I'm pretty excited. We've been I just can't wait to get back into the cycle. Um, it's tough. I got to kind of get ready for that. The whole we've had a pretty easy go of it the last couple of years touring and stuff. When you're not on an album cycle, mm-hmm. things are just a lot more simple. When you get back on it. It is brutal work. It is long hours. That's something that a lot of people don't know about the music industry. I, you know, it's, it, it is a lot of work. And granted, the work is fun. I can totally drink when I want to. I can kind of take off. We're kind of our own bosses. But that also means it never really stops. It's, uh, we are on general, besides Christmas Day, we are on call 24 hours a day, pretty much. For the littlest thing or a big thing, but it's uh, it is a very very long hours, a lot of stress, but it is worth it. A lot of pain goes into what we do, but there's just for some reason you have to do it. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, They have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure, our premium subscription service that's available now. PeerPleasure.SupportingCast.FM is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the Passcast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the Passcast. The Passcast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. Sure. Well, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about that's what I want to hear. I want to hear. Uh, you know, what's a day, you know, since it's been a long time since I've been out with you guys, what's a day in the life of say, um, the, one of the later tours you did this year, it was a bigger tour. It was a cage elephant tour. Like, uh, what's, what's a day in the life of that life? That wasn't bad for us because once again, we weren't on site and when you don't have a new album out, Mm -hmm. there's a lot less to do. We were, that was one of the easiest tours we've ever done. First off, those guys are great. They they party hard. We've heard a long time. Those who don't know, we're pretty good at partying. <laughs> we're 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 revered as one of the best bands at it. And <laughs> there's only been and there's been rumors around, you know, as certain people in there. That was always a thing. Uh, we have crew members that have worked for them as well. And like the only band I think that could like challenge you guys is probably Cage the Elephant. And they did. We challenged each other. In the worst and best way, we had so much fun, but it was it was hectic. But for us, that one was uh, relatively easy. When you're a support band, it's all pretty much uh, um, it's it's very solid, very fluid. It's not a lot of things. It's hard. Like for them, they had a new record coming out, mm-hmm. so when you have that going, uh, just all the promo, just the time that it takes is insane. You're up at eight a.m. every day, 
to go getting shipped off to radio stations to do interviews with magazines, photo shoots, uh, contest winners. You do weird, ridiculous stuff with them. The radio stations pick contest winners and you go and hang out with 20 people you don't know and Mm -hmm. play beach volleyball or whatever they (laughs) kind of have planned. And you do that pretty much till, you know, you can hopefully get back for sound check. You do that, hopefully get some food, then it's back to interviews and stuff until right about before you play. And then all your friends come in after the show, and then you're just kind of out till anywhere from 2 to 5 a.m., and then you get up you get up at 7.30 again and uh, try to make it look like you weren't drinking all night and go mm-hmm. back doing it over again. And it's nice. Like we're, we're lucky. We have a very solid crew. And we trust our our guys, and they work very hard for us. Um, before we had that, uh, the the first major label release we had, we were still it was our first bus tour, but we were still you know I was still packing the trailer, I was still uh, we were still loading in, we were still you know we we had somehow we had a couple guys, but we didn't have everyone, and those were those were the longest days of my life. Those were just uh, it was pretty much a solid sixteen hours of hauling ass every day mm-hmm. and sleeping very, very little, but it was, it was worth it. You feel, you feel good. You feel uh, like you, like you've done something. Mm-hmm. We don't like things to be too easy. We don't like things to be too comfortable. We like if, if they start getting that way, we got to push or move in a different direction. And so that's a, that's one thing I do like about us. It's annoying. I hate it and love it at the same time. <laughs> It's a never-ending paradox. Totally. Well, it keeps your blood thin, man. It keeps you. It keeps you on your toes, and and uh, I mean, you're making the most out of every day. I mean, regardless. I mean, I know we're doing an interview now, and you've done thousands of interviews. Um, you know, and maybe those seem like, you know, a, a not a waste of time, but like, oh god, I got another interview, and and this. And oh, that. this is a lot. This is talking with a friend. This yeah. actual conversation. A lot of them. It just depends. I think uh, some music journalists are amazing and some are horrible. And when you get a bad one, there's there's nothing worse than just, you know, the same old questions. And I don't get I get it to an extent like you have to there. They might have different readers. You got to kind of introduce the band. Yeah. But I just don't see the point of uh, along with always changing and always evolving and moving. I don't see the point in asking the same questions over and over again like any question that i could google and find a million answers for that mm-hmm. that i've said you know why even ask it it's uh like let's uh let's 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 do something new and that's why i like stuff like this which is uh um the whole podcast era has big has made things much more interesting because they are you know a two-way conversation instead of and it's it's a little harder for print, you know. It's something like that's why this is a great platform for it because you get to hear uh, some real thoughts and not just uh, not just one sided. Because that can be kind of boring. Same with music and, and photography and all that stuff. It's like the whole point of of art to me in any form and ideas and anything is the is the context that it's in and the connection that it makes with people. You know, when we make a song, we may write it selfishly write something that we want but then once we put it out and somebody hears it then it's out of our hands and now it's yours mm-hmm. and you get to think of it what you want it can mean something to you going back to Kurt Cobain I've always said he's 
you know, pretty much the reason I ever picked up a guitar in the first place. And lyrically and and just uh, feeling wise, I mean, that guy just he's like pretty much he's like my teenage Dr. Seuss. He just built kind of who I am. Mm-hmm. And if I could for some somehow talk to him today, that I have a million questions for him. But one thing I wouldn't ask is probably what a song meant to him, because I know what it means to me, and that's yeah. my my way of you know interpreting things. And I've never liked. Uh, um, you know, sometimes I'm interested in knowing what the artist meant. Most of the times I'm not. I just like to look at a painting or a photo or a or a song or a movie, and I just make up the story in my head and what it means to me because, oh, that's just what's important to me. No, nah, it's not for everybody. Some people like like it different, but that's the way I dig it. Sure. And with art, I mean, like you're saying, like it shouldn't matter what the you know what a song means to you. I mean, you know what it means to you. Like you're saying, yeah. where. And it means something different to the the listener, you know. That's where. Have you ever asked that in an interview when someone asks that question, like, "Hey, what is a you know, uh, what does a AKM eighty the wolf mean to you, or where did that come from?" Have you ever said, "Well, what does it mean to you?" Or, oh, totally. Oh, and I what actually, do they do? Do they respond, or do they just kind of sputter? Yeah, or it, it, it depends on how it's going. But I have talked to people about that more, not really in interviews as much, but with fans, they'll ask what they meant and. I usually tell them my thoughts on Kurt Cobain. I say, before I tell you what it means, you know, here's this. And then I'm like, now do you want to know what it means to us? Sometimes they say no. Sometimes mm-hmm. they say yeah. And I tell them. Sometimes it's totally different. That's why I love, do you remember that website, songmeanings.com? Oh, yeah. Dude, I love that. And there's a couple kids on there, specifically with M80 the Wolf, that wrote these giant long things. And it's straight up better than the actual meaning of the song. Like, <laughs> This kid wrote this some, that wrote something about um, how he thought it was about the music industry and all this stuff, and he picked it apart, and I, I was so impressed, and it took a whole other spin, and that's what's so amazing about uh, just interpretation. And it blew my mind. I was like, that's amazing. That's like I wish that's what the song was actually about. I'm like, that's beautiful, man. <laughs> you put a lot of thought into that. It's not. But... Um, but that is definitely a, a great way to see it. And I, I love that kind of thing. And I was actually having a talk with my uncle last night about uh, just about music. And I feel like when you have friends or brothers, stuff like that, I think you hear things differently. And what's really fun is the, the ability to talk about them. You know, I, I know a lot of people that kind of grew up very introverted and are huge music fans. But, and when they describe music, it's, it's, it's just very different. So you can kind of tell that they've just sat with it in themselves and talked about it. It's very interesting to hear that point of view versus somebody like me who's always had friends that, you know, clearly I talk about music a lot more than, you know, average, like people that people that don't play that just, that are just fans of music. But, um, but just like growing up with my brother and stuff, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to hear the, the differences and just have it be a, just an ongoing conversation throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man, and that's and that's kind of like that game of telephone, where you you say one thing in one person's ear. By the time it gets to the end, it's different because everyone, you know, everyone hears it differently. That makes a lot of sense, for sure. Absolutely, and uh, you. So you were the older brother. So you, um, I've been hearing a lot of guests on the podcast bring up that well, I didn't have a you know an older brother to pick music from or an older mm-hmm. sister, so I had to do it on my own. 
you're kind of an interesting situation like me where you're the older brother and there's only the two of you. And, uh, you were that probably that influence on Nick. Um, totally. Yeah. But then you had to discover the bands first though. So, (laughs) yeah, totally. But I, but then pretty, pretty soon after that, like he found his way real quick and he started showing me a ton. Yeah. And, um, uh, Oh, uh, one second. Um, and so I, uh, I had to like, yeah, it was a little difficult. I had older cousins that definitely did show me things, but mm-hmm. I remember there was a lull. Luckily, I grew up in my house. My parents had a very, very good record collection, and there was always music in the house. So I had what they found. That's why things like Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine, the Beastie Boys, were so important to me, is because that was the first. Those were the first things that I kind of found on my own. And not necessarily, or some of them, Nirvana specifically was a band that I found completely on my own. Nobody showed me that. And um, and it just blew me away. Right before that, kind of got me thirsty for it when my older cousin showed me, um, you know, Killing in the Name and So What You Want by the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. And then, then right after that, I, so that just got me thirsty. And, uh, you know, I'd obviously heard the Beastie Boys and stuff, but... And I liked them, but I was like, this is insane. This is exactly, this is like the music that's just in my head already. And then going to Wu-Tang, going to all that, going down that road and uh, and getting into punk and stuff like that. It was just a very, very special time. And uh, I don't, I don't, I think if I grew up anywhere else and any differently, it would, uh, it would just, I'd be a totally different person. Sure. I, I absolutely agree with that. The environment and uh, everything else up there. And then you, I was going to ask you how you got into rage. Cause I don't think I'd ever asked you and you answered that already, but um, you know, you were actually the first <laughs> people asked me about my first, you know, show and stuff like that, which was social distortion back at the Egan mm-hmm. center in Alaska. But the first person I actually saw playing live music in a rock band was you. And I think uh, I've told train- you this before, but it was at that train depot in Palmer <laughs> With the Dependable Letdowns, your first, I believe it was your first band, and yeah. uh, with Brad Larson, and I think your brother was playing on some of the songs. Yeah. And yeah. Nick, Nick came up and played. He was 12 years old, or no, 11. <laughs> yeah. 11 then. And, Amazing. Uh, yeah, and uh, we had Vinny play, like Vinny played half of it, um, Nick played half of it, and uh, yeah, I think that was my first show. I can't remember, I might have played at the school once before but i don't mm-hmm. think so i think that was the first time i ever played and, and you had that uh, white guitar yeah totally. uh with like the floyd rose on it i think and like it had those uh like that locking nut on it and everything else and and yeah. uh <laughs> strings all hanging off of it like they never clipped the strings they're always way off there and like all these stickers and i was like man that's badass and i don't think i don't think i knew you at that point i think i saw the show and then i don't remember because you went to Wasilla High, I went to Pol- yeah. or to Colony, and same yeah. with middle school. I went to Colony Middle School, and that's where I met Nick and Joe, and then you and John went to Wasilla. Yeah. So then we started playing music uh, yeah. with Nick and Joe, and then we started playing shows with your band together, yeah. and that's and we kind the- of how yeah. I think that we came We were pretty about. much the only bands in the Valley at that point. Yeah. My band and your band. And then there was Phantom 8, but yep. they didn't have a singer because their singer was in jail. And... uh <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and they headlined that that train depot show, by the way. And uh, um, yeah, and we were just kind of the only two people. Yeah, I remember that going to watch uh, 
And you guys would close down Little Caesars and uh <laughs> Yeah. Everyone had beers in the, the I'd, I'd paper cups. Natty Light in Little Caesar cups. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> With a straw. Totally. And I just put the I put I wouldn't even pour the beer in there. I would just drop a can of natty ice yep. in there and then put the straw into the can. And it was just uh, kind of my koozie. Oh, God, that was amazing. I've talked about that before, I think, on the podcast with getting uh, guns pulled on us by the cops thinking we were robbing the place and we were loading out for a yeah. show. And and uh, one thing, any time people ask where we're from and I say Alaska, they're like, oh, Sarah Palin country. And every time I bring up you because we did all those shows for the skate park. Yeah, totally. And we had to get Sarah Palin to agree to cover half of, I believe, and rate, we'd raise the other half. Yeah. And that skate park is there. It happened. Yeah, and totally. that's something that was so cool to to be a part of as far as, you know, everyone's getting in trouble for skating at the banks. And at that time, you know, skateboarding was still a huge bandwagon uh, skate shop. Everyone just kind of hung out there or worked there. Um, and then, like, Borderline and Anchorage and all those stores – that that really helped, you know, get into a lot of music for me too. Was through those videos, oh, skate that was videos, completely. snowboarding videos. That was yeah, that's how I found everything. Yeah, and I've actually been looking back, like I can't find anywhere. I there's songs on those movies that I cannot find. I found a couple on YouTube or something, but uh-huh. they need like Mac Dog Productions stuff like that. They need to put out the compilations. Those were unbelievable. And that totally, that's, that's how I found everything. And yeah, it, yeah, it was amazing. I, I missed that for sure. Sure. And do you guys, so we, I mean, we have friends now that, that do these videos like Gary yeah, and I was have you guys contributed music to any of those? Uh, a couple of little ones. Yeah. Nice. Okay. I was, I was curious on that because that, I mean, uh, I think today still a lot of kids get into music through, man, I remember <laughs> Fucking Everclear, right? So yes. I got into Everclear through a snowboarding video, that Twist Inside song. I hated yeah. that song until I saw it set to someone snowboarding. And for some reason, it all made sense. Um, I know that happens sometimes with music videos where like you don't really get the song on the radio. And then you look at the video, you're like, wow, I love this song. For sure. It was just someone snowboarding to that song. <laughs> and, and I fell in love with it. And then, yeah, that's just a silly silly memory because uh i'm not really into everclear right now but um nothing against them but (laughs) that was a long time ago (laughs) but uh so one other thing you mentioned there was really cool is you know getting into the beastie boys so young and then recording with one of the beastie boys how was it surreal or was it like hey you know uh how was it for you doing that were you kind of a fanboy or were you Oh, totally. Okay. I was nervous. I was nervous as shit. Like, I, there, there's not a lot of people. I've met a lot of amazing people, and I'm not very nervous around most people. But it was, it was just so heavy with somebody like that. Like, uh, because I had such a personal connection to. It's, it's different. Like when you meet somebody like, like, like Neil Young. Yeah, you can tell me. You can tell the Neil like, Young story about riding in the Cadillac yeah, if you want. Like I, 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 I was going to ask about that. And, and it and it was insane, but it was different. It's like I grew up like from, you know, from the time I could stand or remember hearing music. Honestly, the first song I ever remember hearing is "Mr. Soul" by Buffalo Springfield. And so, like, I just grew up, and he, he was just always a god. The Beastie Boys kind of became gods. Yeah, like to me. And and it was just the it was the way that we got to meet my thief for the first time. Like we went to their studio in New York, and 
so looking through everything they had on the shelves and every, um, uh, you know, all, like like the vocoders and stuff like that. I'm, I'm like, oh my god, is this like? He's like, yeah, that's what we did intergalactic on. I'm like, oh my god, and, and it was heavy also because you know we started playing music and I'm playing through, uh, you know, a bunch of bass stuff that straight up has you know, MCA's name. Like it just says MCA on the on the on the on stickers and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. I got it so heavy. And I remember looking at a uh, like um, a check your head vinyl. I'm like, holy shit, that was the very first vinyl I ever bought myself was yep. this, and it was made here. And I'm looking, he's showing me all these toys, and and he's like, this microphone. I, we were asking, I'm like, I'm like, dude, how did you get the the distorted vocal? We tried to recreate that, and there's so many different ways to do it. It's amazing. I'm like, but yours just had this different thing. And he's like, oh, it was a ten dollar microphone we found at a toy store. It's like for a kid. <laughs> karaoke machine that had all these built-in effects and i'm like what and he shows me this i'm like oh my god is this like the bullshit mic that's made out of plastic that you guys talk about it's like yeah that's it oh my god <laughs> it's just like it's got a it's got a cable that's attached that comes out into a quarter inch uh-huh. and you just plug it in and it's amazing uh, and just hearing things like that and getting to see everything was just uh pretty crazy and then that it, it also just inspired us in so many ways because looking back through their photos are so iconic and amazing because out of every band, when I would look at pictures of the Beastie Boys, I just feel like these guys have more fun than anyone else. They've just yeah. always got cans of Budweiser and they're just like they're just like doing crazy poses. I'm like, these guys were just <laughs> having fun. Exactly. And, and that just really inspired me. So hearing hearing old stories and stuff from, from those guys was pretty unreal. And, um, and just the, the places that we got to go and we were recording with Mike D after that, we were just at the most beautiful studio ever. It's where like, you know, it's where Beyonce records, where Kanye goes uh-huh. and it's called Shangri-La up in Malibu. And it is just, uh, I've had some heavy moments up there. It's just the most beautiful and inspiring place. It's, uh, um, it's uh, like the band used to own it and they they turned it into a studio and now it's Rick Rubin's new spot. Oh, uh, is this the one with the treacherous hill to get up and down? Uh kind of. Okay. No, it's not, it's not too bad, but yeah, yeah, it's a it's a steep hill, but it's um it's but this this place is just so beautiful and so amazing. I've had so many um heavy experiences. They have a they have a uh they have Bob Dylan's old tour bus from the sixties out in the yard and it's, it's just planted and like on a foundation and it's a satellite mixing studio and it's gutted and yeah, it's nuts. And, um, it's just the most inspiring place and, you know, writing lyrics and stuff in there were just, uh, it was just amazing. It's beautiful. It's all painted all white floor, ceiling, everything, not one piece of art in there because he wants it to just be like a blank canvas. Uh huh. The light and the sound and everything is just beautiful. I, uh, I remember one night we were kind of working in. We were just uh, trying to finish up a couple of vocals. And um, uh, James Blake was in the main house. So we were out in the Bob Dylan satellite studio. I just went in to grab a cup of coffee. And it was about 2 or 3 in the morning. Everything's pitch black. But just like the lighting in this place from the moon and everything's just gorgeous. And I just hear him working out a part like the other end of the house. And it's just this beautiful echo through this house of James Blake singing. Uh-huh. 
just sat there in the in the kitchen. The whole house is dark, and I was hearing James Blake just singing through the halls. I'm like, God damn, it was heavy. It was beautiful, just a beautiful moment. And it's uh, it's a crazy, crazy place. More expensive than we knew. Uh-huh. That was pretty. We didn't get a. <laughs> we didn't get it when we finally got the bill for that place. We were just like, fuck, because we knew. <laughs> They never really talked about it. And they're like, oh, no, we'll just go out to Shangri-La. And we know. I'm like, dude, this place is insane. Like, we can't afford this. This isn't in our budget. And he's like, and Mike kept saying, he's like, no, no, no. Like, like, Rick gives me the bro hookup. I'm like, yeah, but a bro deal between two multimillionaires, I yeah. still might, like, still might kind of hurt me. Even a bro deal mm-hmm. is probably still pretty bad. And it was. But... It was an experience that I will never forget, and we learned a lot out there, and it was uh, made some really good friends, and yeah, it's so cool, so cool, dude. That and those experiences you'll never forget. You guys have so many cool stories. I love it, and and uh, <laughs> hearing stuff like that, like that's something you couldn't even. And ironically, you couldn't take a picture of that moment and remember that the same way. Yeah, totally. you know, yeah. that's got to stay in your brain. It does, and that's why I do. That's why the photos help. They just that. Uh, there's little triggers. Yeah, you know, they're just. Uh, I, I'll take a picture earlier that day, uh, and uh, it's you know a great picture that I like. I'm like, oh my god! But then later that night, I had this happen, and it was just, man, it was crazy. <laughs> it was rad, dude. That's so cool. I I I love getting those texts and pictures and stuff. Of things you guys are doing that like holy shit. This is Neil Young. Who's the guy in the cowboy hat? Oh, that's Neil Young. <laughs> I know, right? Like you it was fuckers. Fun with, the Mike, with the Mike D thing, because I used to send uh, that's that's the one that like all my friends from high school got super excited about, and that was the one I kind of I kind of yucked up to him. And I remember I just we went uh, one of the guys uh, one of the techs there went and got everybody coffee, and they you know, took our orders and they wrote everybody's name on the top, and I just took a picture of like a coffee cup that said Mike D, and like and uh, like a Starbucks <laughs> cup that said Mike D, like right in front of the mixing board, and just like sent it to you know Quinn and Brad and Bryce and I was uh-huh. just like dudes and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> fucking Zach oh my god I've had a nickel every time I said that for for good reasons but always oh, fucking yeah. Zach well Zach uh I I really appreciate you coming on the show man and yeah, uh you know I'm glad he's doing so well congratulations uh, I love this you're good at it thanks man I really appreciate that it's it's going to the radio uh, tonight it's the premiere on uh, Adobe radio and it'll be on every oh. Sunday so um, stoked about oh, that bet. too so um, yeah. this one will come out probably uh, I think two weeks for this one oh. and then uh, oh. um, I'm really I'm really glad you came on you're one of my dearest friends and and uh, favorite people in the whole world and uh, something I always talk about with Zach is Zach is always Zach. That's so cool. I mean, you're not up, not down. You're just Zach all the time. And that makes for such a great member of a, any band uh, that can keep Dude. just an even keel, honest person. And, and uh, really, really uh, glad to have you as a friend. And, and uh, I'm glad the listeners got to hear some real <laughs> shit today with, you know, talking about things other than, hey, this cycle and this cycle. It's, you know, yeah. stories how you feel about things, what you're thinking. And that's the whole point of this whole thing is keeping a connection, preserving conversations and, uh, you know, uh, kind of giving people a glimpse into the life that, that, uh, that other people have and, and, uh, take what they want from it. So, um, 
again, thank you so much for coming on, Zach. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, bud. We'll we'll talk soon. <laughs> All right, later, man. All right, take care. Yeah. Bye. All right, everybody. That was my conversation with Zachary Scott Carruthers from Portugal, the man, one of my best friends of all time and one of the best musicians out there. Uh, you know, any, any instrument that he can touch, he can play. So uh, really glad for him to come on the show. A um, few things I want to wrap up with. Um, definitely go to purepleasurepodcast.com for everything on the show, show notes, uh, different episodes, uh, we also have any information. Definitely subscribe to the blog and subscribe to the RSS feed. Um, that way, when I make updates, you all get to see it. Uh, we are on a new night on Adobe. As you're listening right now, this will be the second night, uh, Saturdays instead of Sundays. So Saturdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific. And then as usual, about an hour after it airs on Adobe, it does go to iTunes, the full version, if it is longer than an hour. Um, the full version will air at iTunes. You can download it. Uh, if you subscribe, that'd be fantastic. And then you get everything. So definitely subscribe. Definitely go to iTunes and uh, rate the show. Five stars if you like it. Uh, if you don't, put whatever you want. Uh, but any honest review is, is appreciated. It helps us chart and uh, helps the show grow. So definitely uh, go over to Twitter and Instagram. Add us on there. Uh, Twitter, we are at, at PodPeerPleasure. And Instagram, we are at PeerPleasurePod. Uh, uh, purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email send me uh, any questions comments you have guest ideas uh, you know love the show hate the show let me know uh, I do like to get that feedback um, and once again thank you so much to Zach uh, Carruthers for coming on my best friend and uh, you know once again another great guest and another great show so glad to have you guys on and we'll see you on the radio Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.